Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Grown Up Kids. This episode is sponsored by Jessica Beck. Thank you for being totally awesome. Thanks, Jessica. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we're being joined by return guest Rory. How you doing? Hi, guys. So glad to be back. And, back. and a brand new guest, Allie. Heyo. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, so this is my weekly episode surprise. surprise announcement. I worked with Allie at Disney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we know each other. Uh, yep. And she was the first person to request a movie, period, and specifically was like, I'm on Peter Pan. <laughs> so... All those people that requested Peter Pan can be mad at Allie for taking it first. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't feel bad. Go ahead, Allie. <laughs> no, I don't at all. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Pan's the man. I have a fun fact about Allie. Yeah. So you guys worked together for your first training day. Yes. On Main Street. Mm-hmm. And then um, I worked my first training day in Tomorrowland, and then I just ran into this cute little redhead down in the locker room, and she was yep. talking. I was like, oh, are you on Main Street? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, do you know Megan? She's like, yeah. <laughs> and then a beautiful friendship just blossomed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was funny that we both, like, met each other separately, separately <laughs> without me even, like, telling Katie that Allie existed or anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that's funny. Yeah, I it was like it's like an episode of How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if you watched that show, but um all of the main characters meet Ted's wife separately. Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah. And it's really funny. <laughs> so I was like it's like that. And I remember I remember meeting you Meg on the first day and you were talking about your wife and like your engagement ring was so beautiful. And I was like, "Oh." So I was like, "Ooh, I love her we ring." Bonded. And so Oh yeah. Like I had never met anyone like the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So since it's your first time on the show, we are going to get your Disney profile. So Rory, sit tight. All right. (laughs) Because we already know yours. (laughs) Um, So Allie, how did you get into Disney? Um, like so many other people on this show, I started young. Um, sorry, by the way, if I say I'm a lot, Jesus. So, (laughs) but I remember when I was like a little girl and my brother was dressed up like Peter Pan for Halloween and my mom gave me the Tinkerbell costume and I was so really angry because I wanted to be Peter Pan and that was I think I was like maybe three years old um that sounds like me yeah and I like I've always loved Peter Pan I've had dreams about flying around my bedroom and being in my pajamas and I really resonate with Wendy because she's got two brothers and I have two brothers so that's probably my earliest Disney memory is just resonating with Peter Pan, which is why I'm glad I'm here today. 
So maybe this matches up with that, but who would you say would be your favorite character? Oh, Peter Pan. (laughs) (laughs) There's no question. I'm Uh, a redhead, too. Even better. (laughs) Is Peter Pan also your favorite movie? Yes, but can I go into, like, some detailed... Because I have, like, different movies for different things. So my favorite princess is Ariel. Um... My favorite movie, probably, like, if I was left on an island with only one Disney movie, it would be Peter Pan. Uh, (laughs) And then Pixar is Inside Out. Yeah, and that's all I'm going to go into as far as details. But That's so true, like, that you got to separate it like that. It's really hard to pick between, like, especially those three categories. I Mm -hmm. could probably even break it down even more and, like, go to live action if you wanted to, like, go that far. But... Yeah, it's it's really hard to pick one. Yeah. It's your turn. So, what would be your favorite Disney park? Um, surprisingly, it's Hollywood Studios. Hmm. I, you know, have a sh- strong spot in my heart for Magic Kingdom since I work at the confectionery on Main Street. However, I kind of associate Magic Kingdom with work, which... Mm-hmm. You know, I love working there, like, 100%, would not change it for a world. But if I'm going to go as a guest, it's going to be Hollywood Studios. I really enjoy the old movie aspect and Tower of Terror, and I'm excited to see Toy Story Land. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So it looks, are we. It looks pretty amazing, so I'm excited yeah. to see it. Yeah, I enjoy the theming of, of just the entire park. It's just beautiful. <clears throat> It's underappreciated. Oh, it is. Yes, it is. But it's it's being built up even more oh, now. Yeah. So. It's going to be the hot spot in just like a couple years with Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My it's favorite gonna ride. Be, is... Megan's going to avoid that park <laughs> <laughs> when Star Wars <laughs> opens. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I almost talked over you. No, um, I was just going to say my favorite ride used to be Great Movie Ride, but then oh, you took that out. R.I.P. I think that the Mickey ride that's replacing it is going to be pretty cute, though. I'm excited to ride it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is the same thing as what you said before, but do you have a specific favorite Disney memory? That one is a highlight, but actually, I'm going to have to say that the day I was at, um, what do you call it? Vista Way? And I found out where I was going um, to be on, like, to work was the best day ever. Because I really, really, really wanted to work on Main Street USA and to sew the hats. I, that was my dream. Because I always loved wearing Miss Mouseketeer hats when I was a little girl. I still have my first Mickey hat. It's a pink Mouseketeer, like, original Mouseketeer hat. And I don't know why my mom allowed me to do this, but I have gold writing, which you can barely see my name. <laughs> but that's what I wanted as a kid, I guess. So <laughs> that's what I got. And actually, funny enough, the, the price tag is still on the inside of the hat, and it was $5.25 for one hat, oh. which you go there now, it's like 12 to $20, depending on the hat you get. It's crazy. So, and... Embroidery was free then. Mm. It should be. It should be. I give it away free. 
for magical moments sometimes. Yeah. But Aww, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. As a seasoned pro now, you know not to go and get gold thread on a pink hat. <laughs> no, you, you can't just got to go with the black thread. <laughs> However, I mean, it kind of makes it more special because, you know, as a little girl, you don't think of stuff like that. You know, you you're still what you wanted. You got, yeah, yeah, that's what you wanted as a little girl. And, you know, stuff like that didn't matter to you then because life was simple when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't think about what looks the, the theming of the movie. Yeah. Exactly. Um, alrighty. So as we have already mentioned, today we're going to be discussing a cult classic, really, I would say, Peter Pan. Woo-hoo! It has Yay. one of the biggest fan bases, I think, in terms of like the very early animated films. Um, I feel like you can tell... If if you know nothing about Disney, you can tell what are the cult classic ones by walking into Hot Topic. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's kind of what they've turned Hot Topic into. Yeah. It's like pop culture. Yeah, it's just all straight pop culture with a huge Disney section and mm-hmm. a huge Harry Potter section and yeah. yeah. Um and then a bunch of screamo bands, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so it is time for the 30 second, second Disney dash. Woo! Wow. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, do you want one of us to go first? Is that an okay intro? That would be great. Okay. I agree with that completely. I will go first because I like to wing it. So, yours will probably be better than mine because I'm doing it off the top of my head. Though okay. I don't know, I do know this pretty this movie pretty well. It's not like winging Treasure Island that I've never seen before. It's different than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to like get the timeline in order because like I know the movie as a whole, but like, are you asking what I said ridiculous in the Disney Dash the one time? Yeah, what was the last movie we just did? Um, Alice. Mm. Wasn't it Alice? It wasn't. Yeah, yeah it was Alice, but uh, there was one movie where it was just. I think it was Treasure yeah, Island. God, it was I said, so funny. <laughs> I said that they did some bad stuff or something. Oh I don't my know. god! Oh okay. no, it was Robin Hood. It was oh, Robin, Ro- Robin, Hood. Robin Hood. That's right, Robin Hood. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember nice. what I did yesterday. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> I think you can remember Actually, what you right? did yesterday. Yeah, I can't remember what we did yesterday, and here's where it plugs in. <laughs> There we go. We already did the Disney Dash theme music, though. All right, we'll save it. It's for true. After. Okay, later. It's gonna, be, guys. We have exciting news at the end of the episode. I'm gonna tell you at the end of the episode. So okay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay, it's totally Disney related. All right. <laughs> On your mark. No, I'm not ready. <laughs> That's not. Are you thinking about it? Yeah. <laughs> go. Okay, so we have Wendy Darling and her two brothers, and uh, they get in trouble because they drew a treasure map someplace that they shouldn't. Wendy gets told that she has to go into her own room the next day. So then they are um, they're telling stories because they're being defiant against it. And then Peter Pan arrives. No, they go to bed. And then Peter Pan arrives, and his shadow is separated from him, but Tinkerbell helps him get it. He's trying to use soap to put it back on, but then Wendy says, no, it has to get sewn. Fast forward, they're flying to no- <laughs> Oh no. I got through the first scene. 
you. I know. I know. It's so detailed. Meg was like, and in the drawer that Tinkerbell was in, there was a thimble and some thread <laughs> and a bead. Guys, the thread was blue. Oh, man. I really, I really love this movie. I didn't yeah. like anything out. What you did was very good. Yeah. It was. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't even get halfway through. <laughs> It's a mark, it's a mark I of your literally, love. I literally got like five minutes into the movie. Okay, somebody do better than me, please. Okay, I appreciate you setting the bar low for me. So <laughs> I'm not nervous anymore. Do you want to go next? I will go next. Before, I think I'm ready now. I can, I can follow you now. <laughs> All right. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> I am ready. Set. <clears throat> go intro credits that are super cool i wish they still did that darling house children playing mean parents parents sleep house for boring adult dinner party peter breaks into playroom lost shadow search wendy helps sew it back on thimble kiss tinkerbell jealousy kids and peter you can fly to neverland peter adventures racist indian song return to home (laughs) cloudy boat and sky um weird stare from mr darling to the sky the end Oh, wow. 29. <laughs> 29 seconds. I was oh. like, I don't know if she's going to go over. I know. I was like, you need to end right now. I feel so spiffy now. I'm excited <laughs> that I made it. I liked oh, your gosh. approach to it. It was like, just like, oh, what am I? The bullet points. Bullet yeah, points. bullet points. Yeah. It was like my theater background came in. It was like the title of each scene. That's what I was doing. It was Ooh. like. Peter Pan cliff notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically. There you go. I like it. Rory, would you like to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. All right. Good luck. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Set. Go. The darlings of London were perfectly normal, or proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. <laughs> but when George finds out his daughter Wendy is telling silly stories about Peter Pan, he insists she grow up and blames everything on the dog. Peter Pan takes Wendy and her bros to Neverland, where they evade pirates, jealous mermaids, indigenous people, and a cruel, jealous fairy named Tinkerbell. A lot of people love her. I hate her. Whatever. After one final nail-biting adventure, Peter Pan rids Neverland of the villainous Captain Hook and brings Wendy and her bros back home, where they will eventually grow up. Hashtag adulting. Twenty-six. Nice. Oh, yes, that was a good one. I enjoyed the ending. Yes. Thank you. Very adulting. The millennial in me is very happy. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about millennial sayings here on Grown Up Kids. It's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> We're snacking on avocados, you know. We're not. Did you like my my uh, Harry Potter reference at the beginning? Yes. I stumbled over it, but. I, but I loved it. Even it with the perfect. stumble, I was like, I know what she's doing. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> that looks a little All right, long Katie. for a Disney dash. All right, are Hold you on, ready? I gotta swallow. You ever get, like, nervous? Ready? Yes. No. Set. <laughs> Go. The darling children, Wendy, John, and Michael, travel to Neverland so they never have to grow up. We meet the Lost Boys, Peter's quote-unquote men, and Mr. Smee and Captain Hook and his crew. Hook is after Pan and always escaping the jaws of TikTok the Croc. Hook comes up with a brilliant plan to use Tinkerbell, Peter's BFF, against him, but have no fear. After a sword fight and an almost disastrous walk on the plank, Peter saves the day and the darling kids return home, ready to grow up. That was, like, the most professional Mm -hmm. Disney bash I've ever heard. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. 21 I seconds, sp- in case anybody was curious. Wow. She's just a show-off <laughs> over here. Nice. 
I enjoyed I TikTok the croc. <laughs> Getting through that first scene Priming. with all the details. <laughs> Meg, we all now know the first scene very well because of you. Good. You, you should. Thank you. You should. All right. She just glared at me. Disney history for Peter Pan is... It was released on February 5th of 1953. It is based off of the play Peter Pan or the book The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up by J.M. Barry. Um, it is the 14th Disney animated feature film. It, let me see here. Peter Pan is also the final Disney film in which all nine members of Disney's nine old men worked together as directing animators. When they popped up on the screen, that I makes got me sad. Don't. I was like, oh, there's too. the nine old men. Yeah, I was like, I recognize these names now. Yeah. Um, it is also the second Disney animated film starring Catherine Beaumont, Heather Angel, and Bill Thompson after their roles in Alice in Wonderland. And we also get our best friend, Bobby Driscoll, back again <laughs> for another film. <laughs> at least this time, I don't have to look at his face. And Love his that voice kid. is totally different. <laughs> his voice is different. I don't he know. He grew just... up, which is ironic because Peter doesn't grow up. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be honest. I did not know until I rewatched it um, yesterday that the White Rabbit and the oh snap i'm losing my marbles who from peter pan is the white rabbit's voice smee smee yes yeah i didn't know they shared the same voice i thought it sounded familiar it's a good point yeah i knew wendy and alice did yeah but i didn't i had not known that until we did the alice uh episode actually yeah so then (laughs) re-watching this again i was like oh my god it's she's alice pizza pizza Pizza. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. you're, you're Alice. She's like, she's like an even more proper Alice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the way she enunciates things. Like it's very similar, but it's like even more like English. Yeah, Aristocrat yeah. Alice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this film was entered into the Canes. Is it Canes? I feel like that's wrong pronunciation. I think you're right. Cannes Film Canes. Festival. Yeah. Okay. Can is it Cannes? I think it's Cannes. Oh, Cannes. That's probably right. 1953 Cannes Film Festival. Uh, a sequel titled Return to Neverland was released in 2002. And we also have the ever popular Tinkerbell prequel episode, or prequel <laughs> movies produced by Disney Toon Studios. And they began in 2008. Disney Toon doesn't exist anymore. I know, that makes me very sad, actually. They just recently shut down Disney Toon Studios. And they have projects in the works. They were, like, in the middle of doing things. Yeah. And they just shut it down. That's really sad. So. Hopefully that just means that bigger and better things are coming. I hope so. I don't know. Because I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of hoping for another Tinkerbell prequel. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, I actually really, really enjoy the Tinkerbell movies. I remember sitting down to watch the first one, and I was, like, not expecting anything. But they're very good. If you've Mm -hmm. never seen them, I highly recommend them. 
I'm not gonna lie, they're uh, they're a guilty pleasure of mine. They're so cute. Yeah. I actually really like them. <laughs> I know Rory does not, but Rory's like, I'm just gonna sip my tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rory, I, you in general are not a fan of Tinkerbell, so of course you wouldn't like the prequel movies on top of it. You know, I will say at least the prequels make me like her a little bit more. Like, like I can stand her yeah. presence in the parks a little bit more. Like, she's a, she's more of an okay role model for kids. Whereas, yeah. like before those came out, right. I was like, what, what the hell, guys? She's like, a murderer. Yeah. Like, why do yeah, people like her? She murders yeah. people, or at least attempts to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, the Tinkerbell <laughs> movies definitely shed a nicer light on Tinkerbell, which I like a lot. She's and just I like the other feisty. I do like mm-hmm. the other fairies. I do. I love her sister, enjoy- Periwinkle. Mm. Yes. So I forget the pirate one, but I like the pirate adventure fairy. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen that I'm gonna one. I'm going to Google it. That one it's going to bother I, I me. I want to watch it. All right. Are you ready for your fun facts? Yes. All right. So Walt once actually starred as Peter Pan in a play. And he recalls his brother Roy using a rope to hoist him up over the stage so it would look like he was flying. So it's like, <laughs> so this like, like a home school. production? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Either way, it's cute. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if he came up with that idea and like talked Roy Probably. into it. You know, Roy's like, "Oh, Walt, you and your ideas—they're just gonna cost me more money. <laughs> this rope costs too much. I can't do it." <laughs> Um, so Nana was actually supposed to originally have traveled with the kids to oh, Neverland. Like mm-hmm. She was going to have her own, Gee. like, comical subplot where she, like, chased after Tinkerbell. Oh, I would have loved that. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't ever set oh, paw yes. <laughs> in Peter's Paradise until Jake and the Neverland Pirates Battle mm. for the Book, which was released in t- 2014. Yes. So there's also a, um, there was a former plot of Peter Pan 2 where it was told from Nana's eyes entirely. So not even just the subplot, but like, this is a film from the dog's perspective and what happens with Peter Pan. I would love to see that. That was cool. Maybe one day they'll bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. They do reuse things that they come up with, you know? Yeah. It's true. So, as we mentioned before, um, we do have our buddy Bobby Driscoll again. He's Peter. Um, Guys, I just need to say, I, I do, I do actually, like, he's okay. I just, it's funny that he's in so many films, and it, I just feel like Walt should change it up. It's, I don't have anything against Bobby. I just feel like maybe we should give some other people a chance, you know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, though, mm-hmm. that, because didn't we say that um, Walt stopped using Bobby because, like, he obviously was growing up, so he wasn't, mm-hmm. like, that child embodiment anymore, so I'm glad that he at least, like, Still found a place for him. He wasn't yeah. just like, all right, get out of yeah. here, you know. Um, so he plays Peter, and then we have Catherine Bo- Beaumont. Beaumont. Who is Wendy, and sh- we just recently heard her as Alice, like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also heavily inspired the animator's design of their actual characters. I actually can really see that with Peter. Now that I know who Bobby Driscoll is and what he looks like, he really does look, Peter looks like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wendy does, looks like Catherine, too. Um, Walt actually had to step in a little bit with the animation on Peter because Bobby Driscoll was growing up a little bit too much, and Mm. it was starting to portray in the um, animation of Peter Pan that he looked too manly and that he didn't actually look childish enough. Um, Uh So Walt had to step in and try to, like, 
tweak how he looked a little bit. I think that's where like his big ears might come from. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. They had to like dial that back a little bit. <laughs> that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. So actually tying into that, this was another movie that was shot in live action so the animators could use it for reference. So here they are almost using it to reference instead of, you know, cartooning <laughs> him down, making him like a child. Um, so this is only the second film production to give Tinkerbell an actual form. So prior to this, oh, prior to the silent film Peter Pan in 1924. So Tinkerbell had always been represented by like a spot of light or jingling bells, which she still has in this, but she actually has like you know, a human whatever form. I believe that that's how she's portrayed in the the play. Is mm-hmm. just like with a, the light and the bells. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I remember that. seeing it and I don't remember knowing of anybody cast as Tinkerbell. It was just yeah, she was just like light mm-hmm. and yep. sound. Yep. And actually Peter Pan is usually cast as a girl mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to keep the young aspects of him looking, you know. So it's right. because women Fun look fact. younger. Well, Peter can't they have do. a five o'clock shadow. He's supposed to be forever. <laughs> well, it's their voices too. Oh yeah. <laughs> we <Yes>. sound <laughs> women sound like prepubescent boys. <laughs> True. <laughs> the other thing I find interesting is usually Hook and Mr. Darling are played by the same person as well. If you yeah. saw the Jeremy Sumter and Jason Isaacs version oh of Peter yes. Pan, which is one of my favorites. I could have a whole other episode on that. <laughs> yeah. um, Jason Isaac plays um, Mr. Malfoy in Harry Potter. Yeah. Just yeah. give everybody He's a little fun back. <laughs> but yeah. But I think that's done because of the critical parent role that Mr. Darling has with Wendy, especially in the beginning of the movie when he's like, you're too old for the, the playroom now. You need to move out. And it's like, okay. So in a child's mind, he's now like the enemy. Right. So that's why he takes on the form of Hook. You yeah. know, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that version? Yeah. 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 I've just never thought of so it. So good. One. It's a really good one. So yeah. good. Um. Also with, uh, we were talking about Allie. You were saying how, you know, a woman usually plays peter pan when it with the stage plays um at the time that walt was filming for um or they were putting together peter pan mary martin was most known for um playing peter pan on broadway and she was um i grew up watching her um watching that live action play as along in addition to the um the cartoon but apparently walt originally wanted her to do the voice um, so he still wanted mm-hmm. to bring back that stage aspect and have a woman do the voice. And for the life of me, I cannot remember why he ended up not going with that. I, I think something about it didn't resonate the right way on, like, when it mm-hmm. was just the voice. It's probably because he's in love with Bobby Driscoll. I was going to say the power of Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can, that has to have been the reason because I can't see, like, any other reason for Walt to not stick with some piece of history like that because I feel like he liked to, you know, resonate like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And while we're on the subject of, like, theater, Peter Pan, if you've ever, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the musical for Peter Pan, but there's some really cute songs in it called, yeah. like, I Won't Grow Up, and there's a, like, really cool drumming um, section for where the Indians come in, like it's a whole like shebang of That's drums. Cool. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. 
I've only oh, seen it's so good. the play, I believe. <laughs> I haven't seen either. Uh, I think oh, it's yeah, on video. You. Yes, thank you, Rory. Appreciate yes. it. Yes, oh my gosh. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I love those. It, guys, it is on video. You should watch it if you get a chance to. I love Peter Pan, so yeah. I'm down. <laughs> I'm all about it. All right, more fun facts. So Captain Hook and George Darling are both voiced by Hans Conried, so there's that tie-in. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ward Kimball and Ollie Johnston, both animators, that their names I recognize the most popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, they make cameos in the film. So Kimball appears as the lost boy in the bear costume, and Johnston based Smee's appearance on his own likeness. Now I need to see a picture of this guy. <laughs> Yeah, because he always wear a shirt that's too small. It's a little interesting character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so filmmakers actually used cut up pieces of aluminum strung together to make Tinkerbell's jingling sound. It wasn't bells or chimes. It was something mm-hmm. of their own so creation. It makes it so unique. Yeah. Um, and as we said in a previous episode, the melody for Second Star to the Right was actually written for Alice in Wonderland for a song called Beyond the Laughing Sky. So every time I heard it, I was like, this could have been an Alice. Thank you. That was yeah. beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> I, lo- I love that song. I know. So me too. It's just like, it so resonates Disney, especially because they put it everywhere in the parks. Yeah. So they use any it for feels. commercials. They mm-hmm. use it, uh, yeah, in the parks for shows, for Peter Pan is will always and forever be used heavily, I think, through anything Disney. Mm-hmm. I loved rewatching the movie because it reminded with the the what do you call it? The voice song, the song voices remind me of the the voice people in America and Epcot. Oh, voices know. of Liberty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they. it's like, oh, Voices of Liberty sound. And it's just like, for me, that feels like Disney. That's like the magical sound. Mm -hmm. That's like all the harmonies and everything coming together. Voices of Liberty is like a group of, I don't know, five or six men and women. Maybe sometimes Mm -hmm. more. I don't know. Um, But they, yeah, they sing a cappella. And it's beautiful for anybody Mm -hmm. who doesn't know what that is. Yeah, they're worth. They're worth a visit, that's for sure. Go on YouTube, you can hear them if you can't yeah. get to Disney World anytime soon. Yeah. <clears throat> but obviously try to get to Disney World, because it's Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, duh. So, Come see me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie will make you all the goodies and give you free stitching on hats. <laughs> yes. So Peter Pan was actually originally planned to be made immediately after Snow White, but Walt couldn't get the rights to the story until four years later. So the studio had begun story development and character design all the way in the late 30s, but had to put production on hold until after World War II. So speaking of the rights, Walt had to make a deal with a hospital to make this movie, and I noticed that in the opening credits there was a thank you to it, which is pretty cool. So author J.M. Barry left the rights to this book to the Great Ormond Street Hospital when he died. So the hospital made the deal with Disney in 1939, giving him the exclusive animation rights. Funny enough, he does not. Disney does not receive income from sales of DVDs or toys because those weren't in that contract from 1939. I don't know if that's still true. I think it is. 
Um, but, however, according to the hospital's website, Disney has been very supportive nonetheless. So, quote, since 2008, when Disney partnered with Great Ormond Street Hospital Children's Charity, they have raised more than $14.5 million towards the hospital's vital redevelopment program and continue to support the hospital and charity with fundraising events and donations. So, there's clearly no ill will towards awesome. not making profit, you know? Like, they're all yeah. just about, like, you know, he gave me the rights, I was able to do this movie, I'm giving back. That's, that's that's a bizarre contract. Yes, <laughs> I was yeah. like trying to figure out how to spit those words out. It's it's just a very um, yeah, that's weird. But mm-hmm. it's great that they've been able to do so much for the hospital and still do. Yeah, still you know? do to this day. So we got to talk about Roy again. Poor Roy. He was against yeah. Peter. Poor Pan. Roy. He's annoying. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I love Roy. Can't have one without the other, man. I know. Um, mm-hmm. So he was actually against Peter Pan. He probably didn't like that $3 million budget, and he probably really didn't like it when it soared to $4 million. Uh, apparently, Walt and Roy had a big fight over it, but it worked out since Peter grossed more than $40 million upon its original release and another $46.6 million when it was re-released in the 80s. So wow. I think Walt had it right this time. <laughs> I mean, think about that in the 50s. Like yeah, that, I was is, say. that is unreal. Yeah. Is this the most successful one to date? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. Guys, go back and tell us because we listed all that stuff in the episode. You, we guys are like, right you guys are way better remembering what we said than we are. Um. So last one fact: Mitt Mitt Call. He's an animator. He wanted to be assigned Captain Hook, but instead got Peter and Wendy, and he thought it was boring to animate them. But he said the hardest part about drawing Peter was making it look realistic when he was floating in midair or landing. Because, yeah. like, think about that. It's just flat, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not, like, even... I mean, there's a shadow, but it's not, like, a 3D rendering where it would probably be easier to show light and all that. Um, so he resolved this by having Peter's upper body arrive first and then his lower body catching up afterwards. So if you pay attention, I mean, he really does feel like he's flying. It doesn't just look like a character just, you know, awkwardly moving across the screen. Because it could be it really, really could. awkward. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's all I got for those fun facts. <laughs> yes, Ellie. I just wanted to add, going back to the... Great Ormond Street Hospital. I should have said this before, but no, here done. I am. I guess what J.M. Barry did, he was at the Edinburgh University where he lived behind the Great Ormond Street Hospital. So it's in that house where he got the inspiration for Peter Pan. And actually, it's, I guess, the look of it is like the Darling House in his mind. Mm. So that's why he gave it to that hospital because he lived behind there. That's really cool. So that hospital's mm-hmm. in Scotland? I think it's London. Let me... We should go. I'm not... Nope, it's Scotland. We should go if it's not far. Yeah, that could uh, be cool. <laughs> Wait, no. It was in London. Either yep. way. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll look into it for sure. Yeah, I think there's also a Peter Pan statue near there as well. Yeah. In the memory. And if you see Hook... I don't yep. know if that's Disney, but he wakes up at the end of the movie under that statue, the Peter Pan statue in London. Yep. <clears throat> Very cool. 
Yeah. Very cool. I've been looking for ways to add Disney into our Harry Potter themed trip, so that's perfect. <laughs> so now we'll have Pooh and Peter Take a Pink. picture. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to see it so bad. It's on my bucket <laughs> list. <clears throat> Alrighty, so characters. I did not put any notes by these because I figured you guys were going to have a lot to say about them. So mm-hmm. I'm leaning on yeah. you here. <laughs> um, so first off is Peter. Um, as we know, he does not ever want to grow up. So he is, he basically is like the head honcho on Neverland. And he has his buddies, the where Lost are the Boys. Lost boys. His, bunnies. <laughs> his bunnies. <laughs> the boys. The bunny boys. <laughs> um and he has a little lost bit, lads. I'm sorry, I'm done. He has a little bit of a crush on Wendy, I would say. He's got a crush on everybody in this movie. Yeah. I think yeah. he just likes attention. I don't know if it's a crush. Okay. I don't know. He's a bit a of a player. He's a player. Mm-hmm. He He's is. The mermaids, player. Tiger Lily, Wendy. I would even say Tink a little bit. Tinkerbell. Oh, definitely yep. Tink. Oh, yeah. He, just... He's, he tells her, you mean more to me than the whole world. I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flirting with everybody doesn't even know what a kiss is. Peter. <laughs> it's a That's what I'm thinking. It's not romantic. I feel like it's more like this, like, you know. What can benefit him in the moment? Yeah, and young child, like, you know, I don't know if you know, if you're around a lot of children, but children do have, like, a sense of confidence in themselves that we lose as adults because they don't know of the horrors of the world. And I think Peter Pan's just really confident, and he really just enjoys. I think he's an extrovert for sure. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't think he's got that romantic thing going yet. Yeah, he's too, he's too young because he just doesn't grow up. I guess I, I have that idea because it's definitely in Wendy's head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you think too, girls typically are thinking about that first right you know girls are the first ones to think oh like i'm going to marry someone and i have a crush on this boy and boys are like um you're stupid here i'm gonna (laughs) throw you in the mud (laughs) Um, oh my god you gave me cooties (laughs) oh god and then definitely in certain versions they go over that like kind of conflict within peter of like okay do i grow up or do i not don't not really in this version but if you see the Jeremy Sumter version, totally. definitely, because yeah. there's even a kiss between him and Wendy at the end that's like, oh, and that smile on kiss. his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the little Allie and me loves that part. <laughs> oh, my teen angst days were all over that. <laughs> I, I loved that movie whenever I was a teenager. Yes. So I've only seen Peter Pan, admittedly, probably twice. This is probably my second time watching it. Like, actually watching it. I've seen, like, certain scenes a million times, you know? But, all the way through. Is Peter, like, okay, is he always like a never, he never grows up, or is that his point? Like, because at the end he's just like, yeah, I'll take you home. You can grow up. It's all good. And I feel like he wouldn't be like that. He would try and sway you to stay. So is that, like, the point? Like, he acts as Peter Pan to make you eventually learn, no, I do eventually need to grow up. Does that make sense? I mean, in one, in one of the original versions of Peter Pan, and Allie, correct me if I'm wrong, because, okay. I, like, I, I kind of know this 
it was, it's been a while since I read the book, but I, I think it's that he killed the lost boys when they get too old because like they can't be grown ups necessarily. So when they start to get too old, he kills them, I believe. I think that's right. I have the book next to me. I should probably actually like read it to try and figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I want to say that isn't true, but I could be wrong. Um, but I do know in the book, he ends up growing up and marrying Wendy's granddaughter, Moira. Mm-hmm. So he does eventually, in the book version, that Jan Barry. Obviously, Disney didn't explore that in the cartoon version, but... I always thought that the book... I have never read the book. I've always wanted to, but I haven't. But I've always heard that it was much darker. Yeah. Really? Okay. The, the book is darker. The play is more lighthearted. Yeah. I think I think that's Okay. The two. Oh, I've never read the book. I've just read the play. So Got like, it. Probably. Like so the play is very lighthearted and that does definitely owe. So I, I think, think it was just yeah. that like the book is darker and the play is more lighthearted just because the play was meant to have children see it. Yeah. I'm just curious if that's like oh if that's really Peter's true role is to make you realize eventually you have to grow up. No. Well, no, not grow up, grow up, but (laughs) mature, you know what I mean? Yes. I'm going to kind of, like, be devil's advocate against that. I think Peter is meant for us to hold on to the child within us always because there is, like I was kind of saying before, there's this beauty that children have, this freedom, this confidence, you know, this lack of being spoiled by the dangers of the reality of our world you know and it's just like hold on to that child spirit there's a part of you that shouldn't ever grow up there should always be this beautiful beautiful child in you i like that better and that's essentially our podcast so thanks peter (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i like that a lot you're welcome Let's move on to the, I... dar- the Darling Children. Actually, I wanted to add one more thing about Peter. Sure, Sorry. go for it. I really like the whole kind of like, this is the counselor in me. So I didn't really mention this before, but I'm a therapist too, as well as a seasonal cast member. So the counselor in me really enjoys the part where Peter loses his shadow. Because in counseling, that um, people talk about the shadow part of yourself. And it's like all the parts of you that you don't like. And you hate about yourself. It's like those dark parts. Kind of like the come to the dark side with Mm -hmm. Dark Vader. And I love that Peter is really upset about those parts and about losing them. Because he realizes the value of those parts too. Because the bad parts, the good parts, the light parts, the dark parts of you all make who you are. And how wonderful a person person you are those bad things that have happened to you are essentially what make you usually a better person because we learn from our mistakes and our issues and stuff so um but it does make sense that he lost it because he is a child and he never wants to grow up so he kind of is like stuck in that like happy time so it's kind of like a little mental illness there that peter has as far as like trying to stay a child forever you know but at the same time I think there's times to be a kid, and then there's times to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. 
Darling children. Darling yes. children. <laughs> um, so we have Wendy, John, and Michael. Uh, Wendy is the only girl of the three, obviously, and she is told that she has to grow up by her dad, and she's going to be in her own room the next day. This is her last night in the nursery. Um, and then John is the youngest. I How old? Michael. Michael. Oh, Michael. Sorry. Michael is the youngest. How old is he? Because he looks like two. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he talks like he's five. So I'm, not, I'm like I'd confused put him at like, as his, as to his age. I'd guess four. Yeah, or three, three, four. Yeah, three, three or four. I'm not that. The footy pajamas kind of make him extra young, but at the same time, back in the 50s, that was pretty normal for pajamas. That's true. Yeah, for us, we kind of. Yeah, I think we associate it with onesies, so that's why I think we think it's younger. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know what to say about John and Michael I guess uh so okay so Wendy though so she um is the one who is always told John and Michael the story of Peter Pan so that's one of the reasons why um Mr. Darling tells her that she has to grow up because he's tired of her telling John and Michael these stories uh, which upsets me but mm-hmm that is uh me too you know i i have to say with john i'm i'm his character always amused me i guess because he has this like grown-up presence about him he wears the top hat he has the um umbrella uh, the umbrella you know you would think that like he would be the one who's like i'm going to act more like a father and i'll you know i'm going to be the one who's going to act more grown up but at the same time you know he's running around and playing pirates in the nursery and you know it it makes you think like is 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 there possibly like a double standard there like I know Wendy's the oldest but like you know do you expect more of him to be like this like do you expect him to mature faster because in that day and age you would think the boys would mature faster so it's sort of this like this questionable character who already is kind of acting like a grown-up when he wants to and being a kid when he wants to. Definitely. And that makes sense because of his father right. as well, because that is the male figure in his life. So it kind of, to me, it makes sense that he kind of acts in that way where it's like, okay, this is the male figure I have in my life. This is how a man's supposed to act. But then he falls into the childlike spirit. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. As far as Michael goes, I think a lot of him is comedy relief. I enjoy every scene with him in the bear, especially oh, when the bear gets yeah. tied up at the end I on the know. pirate ship. <laughs> yeah. He gets the feather. I re- I just really, he, he's so stinking cute. And I just love the teddy bear trailing along when they do the, the line of them flying to Neverland. It's just super cute. Yeah, I feel like it, I feel like um, Michael embodies the true essence of, like, the Peter Pan story. I don't. I don't know. He's like the perfect age to like take it in, fully absorb it, believe one hundred percent that it's absolutely true, and it's almost as if you're watching Neverland, like from his imagination. Because like like you said, his teddy bear is coming with him. His teddy bear is going through the exact <laughs> same things that he's going through, 
And it mm-hmm. reminds me very much of, like, how I used to play as a child because I was an only child. So, like, my stuffed animals and everything were my company whenever I would imagine imaginary play and that kind of that kind of thing. Like, my stuffed animals and my dolls were, like, everything to me. So yeah. I, I just think that that is just really adorable. And it was relatable to me a lot. I compare it a lot to, like, your first time you go to Disney World when you were a little kid and just, like, you've got that, like, super joy on your face Mm -hmm. and, you know, and you bring your your stuffed animal with you to ride up with you on Space Mountain and Thunder Mountain and the hard rides. Yeah. Mickey Mickey Mouse comes with you, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that that was really cute. Yeah. Um... I'm sorry. I just want to touch on Wendy a little bit more because I don't feel like we did her justice. Yeah. She is such a cool character. I probably really resonate with her more so now that I'm grown up than Peter. When I was a little girl, it was like Peter Pan all the time. But now that I've, you know, grown up, done my work, went through my millennial meltdown and really understood life a little bit more, like I really appreciate... Wendy's personality and her, you know, need to, you know, even come back and grow up. And I'm not, I can't really think right now because I have so many versions of Peter Pan in my head. But the fact that she even makes the choice to come back home, I don't think I could have done it as a kid. Mm-mm. <laughs> I would have stayed in paradise and never Neverland <laughs> forever. Yeah. But she's. But Neverland is she's dangerous. I think that, I mean, she. Yeah. She realized the dangers more than John and Michael, and um, she was able to be the motherly figure there to be like, listen, I know that this is great, but, like, you can still, like, basically, you can still be a kid at home, but, like, come back and still mature normally and everything, but you can appreciate the kid, which I think is, like you said earlier, what Peter is meant to portray, to everybody exactly i guess what i'm just trying to say is is like wendy's now a big role model for me because she has this ability to be a child but at the same time respects and is able to be a grown-up and makes that fun too and that it is okay and we can remain a child like keep that little peter pan inside of us always yeah i like that yeah so i have a thought formulating and okay. uh, forgive forgive me if it doesn't actually end up making sense, but I think it will. That's okay. So <laughs> we're, we were talking earlier, you know, about John and how like, he portrays his father and he acts very much like his father does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Wendy. And when Wendy goes to Neverland, she very much acts the motherly figure. You have to take your medicine. Like we, ha- we have to do, we have to stick to these orders. We have to do this because she looks up to her mother. Mm-hmm. And you can argue that she's playing house, right? She, or Peter's the father. She's the mother, um, which they delve more into in the play. But, you know, they, you, she, she's the storyteller. And you could kind of argue that by playing – you know, that's what brings her to go back home is that she's still acting like her mother and her Mm. mother would want them to go back home. So she's still almost like playing a role when she does decide to make that trip to go back home. Yeah. And it's a curious sort of commentary, I guess, on 
life and that is the way that we play and the way that we are as children and how that then reflects what we become when we do eventually grow up or not grow up or how hashtag adulting Um, (laughs) so it's, it's kind of curious in that respect yeah I I agree with that Curiouser and curious. Curiouser and curious. <laughs> oh, Wendy. <laughs> Go ahead, Allie. I have, I have to. I was like really trying not to like jump up and down and cheer because Rory, I totally one hundred percent agree with you. As a therapist, um, my my official title is registered mental health counselor intern. I think legally. I have to say that instead of therapist. So there you go. So as a registered mental health counselor intern, I am play therapy certified. And to what most people probably don't know what that is, but it's actually um, a form of therapy that therapists do because we believe that children work out problems and go through like life issues through their play. And I, as a, as a therapist who does this daily, I have to tell you that it's 100% true. If a child is playing house and they bring out a bottle and start pretending it's beer, like that's really telling that there's like maybe alcoholism at the home Mm. um, or depending on like if they're having aggressive behavior. So it's totally, I've never even thought of that. It like blew my mind, but Wendy is (laughs) working out her issues with her parents in Neverland when she's being that motherly role, she's showing through her play that, you know, she's conflicted. Like I want to stay here and play, but at the same time I want to grow up. I want to be a mom. I want to, you know, experience what life has to offer to me as an adult. And it's just, Oh, I could go on, but I'm going to (laughs) stop. But play therapy is really cool for any child that is going through something really tough. I'm a huge advocate for it. If, you know, if anyone messages you guys on the email, like, I would, you know, I would be more than willing to answer any questions as far as, like, you know, helping children. Because I usually play therapies from 3 to 18. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. That wow. totally That's makes great. sense. I mean, like, if you're, if you're, like, thinking of Wendy, like, relating it to Wendy, I mean, that's... I'm literally just repeating you, but like literally that is exactly yeah. what she's doing. Like it's, <laughs> exactly. it's perfect. It's the perfect correlation. She's working out her issues by playing quote unquote in Neverland. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, if, if you think about it, <clears throat> Oh goodness, I'm losing my brain. If you think about it. Okay, here we go. Kids can't sit on a couch and talk to you like a normal therapy session. They can't. They can't just sit there and voice to you like my problems are depression and anxiety. Like they don't have the words for that and the the brain their brain develops until they're 7. So really until they get a little bit older it's just not possible. So the only way they know how to get those negative issues out or you know it's not even has to be negative but just problems they're having like trying to understand the world like Wendy I think is here. Um they are using it through their play because that's the only way they know how to communicate. Yeah. They. That's why I do play therapy because I can't talk to a kid on a couch. That's just not how it works. They yeah. won't sit there for an hour. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah. You guys. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> uh, all right. We have our controversial friend here, Tinkerbell, up next. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rory, would you like to take the lead? <laughs> oh, Tinkerbell. Okay. So, Tinkerbell, I describe, you know, just the way that she's described more in the book and in the play is that she's she's a character or a fairy that can only hold one emotion at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So... <laughs> Part of me is like, well, can you blame her? Like, she, like if she just consumed with jealousy, and then you know, the little femis- feminist in me is like, what are they trying to say about women that they're consumed by jealousy or they're consumed by love, and they can, they can only have one emotion? They they can only think one way. Yeah. Um, but I think I think what bugs me most about Tinkerbell is I'm just not entirely sure that the way that they portray her is well it just it it always bugged me as a kid when I would see like little girls wanting to be Tinkerbell I'm like why 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 do you (laughs) by the age of I think 12 I was calling her Tinker sorry (laughs) (laughs) no um, no yeah I mean Tinkerbell not just not my favorite character I, I was I was a Wendy fan. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And so I mean I like I love I love Wendy, but I think in general this film doesn't portray the best light on women in general. Yeah. Mm. Uh cuz if you think about Wendy, I mean she wants to go home and, and not that there's anything wrong with going home and growing up and being a mom. And, like, doing all of the normal housemaid things. Like, if that's what you want in life, then that's fine. But to have that be, like, really the only thing that... I mean, honestly, like, Tiger Lily is a better role model, I think, than than Wendy. I mean, she is, like, Mm -hmm. so fierce. And she is not going to take any crap from anybody. She's not going to give it up if she doesn't want to give it up. Like, she's so strong. Um not that Wendy isn't strong. It's just, you know, you've got Wendy as a role model who just wants to be housemaker. And then you've got Tinkerbell who is like Ron Weasley and has the emotional <laughs> range of a teaspoon. And <laughs> literally, and literally it's with only bad emotions for the most part. She's yeah. consumed with jealousy. She wants to murder Wendy. I mean, <laughs> I Tinkerbell if you look at Tinkerbell the right way she is comic relief I think Mm. um but she's not she's definitely not the Tinkerbell that we see in those movies later that they (laughs) release that are like the direct to tv movies um they definitely change her character in the sense of she's not evil she is just (laughs) feisty um, and I think that that's a better way to portray her, how they do in those movies, than in the actual Peter Pan movie. She really is. I mean, she's not a nice character. I like when she gets no. so mad she burns the leaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to to be, again, devil's advocate, I'm going to speak a little nicely about her. Um, although I do have some negative points as well, but I'm going to start off nice. So what I do appreciate about Tinkerbell is that she is really strong and independent and she has no problem telling you how you feel. I think a lot of women in our culture these days hide what they're feeling mm-hmm. and aren't transparent, you know, when things are upsetting because, you know, 
I mean, there could be many reasons, but a lot of it's like, that's how we're taught and not even just women, but men, we're all taught to shove down our feelings and not be totally transparent and to show stuff. So I really like that she shows that she's upset in some ways. It On the other hand, vulnerable. sorry to interrupt, but it does, <laughs> yeah. it makes Tinkerbell vulnerable in that sense, which is uh, interesting to see in a character always. Yeah. I mean, vulnerability is always a great, I don't know what the a word I'm looking quality. for. It's True, yeah, yeah, it's a good trait to see and to visualize because it, it, sh- it teaches you a lot about that person. Right. And to be vulnerable means to connect. And when you connect with each other, that's when real relationships can happen. And that is my counselor little bit for you. But um, (laughs) in in response and as well um, on kind of like the negative side of it with her emotional range of a teaspoon, as you were saying it, I think she's kind of like a metaphor for small minded people. So when she is. When she's so small that she can only feel one of emotion at a time, it's kind of like, and, you know, I'm not going to name names or anything, but, you know, (laughs) for people that are small-minded and only see one side of things, that is not okay. Because people are gray. We are not black and white. People come in all different shapes, sizes, colors. We're all different. We need to be able to see different sides of situations. It can't just be one emotion that's ruling you. As well, on a, another point, um, in counseling we talk about how like emotions really do control you. And you have to um, kind of be at an equilibrium and calming area in order to really function so um if you're at like a high state level of like being a temper tantrum or like angry or in tinkerbell's state jealous you can't really have mental function and think about the choices you're making which is what i think we see a lot in today's society with you know just certain certain things people you know (laughs) and you know so we we just yeah life right now. yes yeah yeah because that's why i think it's really important for all of us to do our own work and our own counseling so we don't just react we think about stuff we do you know we don't just go off our emotions we're thinking and we're doing what's right not just what we're feeling although what we're feeling yeah. is important like i said before with tinkerbell so it's a balance you guys are on fire today i know <laughs> so i'll point that out I, I think that this movie just ha- it brings a lot to the table and way more than you would yeah. think. And um, I love like the direct metaphor of Tinkerbell. She is literally small minded. Yeah. That's you know, figuratively yeah. and literally she is small minded. Yeah. Um, and that is a great comparison that I'm not sure. I'm not sure a lot of people have probably made. Um so good yeah. job, Allie. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But like I said, it there's good parts for her to express her emotion. It's just like how to she's do it not, kindly. Yeah, she's not she's scared not. to say what she will not say, but she's not scared to do what she wants and portray her feelings the way that she wants to. Um, she's not afraid to jingle what she wants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't think of others at all. No, no it's no, just her, and that's yeah. that's not reality. There are yeah. other people on this planet, but a couple billion, actually, uh-huh. or is it one billion? I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> I'm a therapist. A so, lot. You know, a lot more than you. <laughs> yeah. So, 
It's not always about you, Tinkerbell. It's yeah. not. <laughs> Are the Lost Boys next? Or are you going to touch on them? Uh, Yeah, no, you can go ahead. You can jump into the Lost Boys. That's uh, I really just have one thing. I just really love them. I have Lost Girl <laughs> tattooed on me behind my ear. Yeah. That was my, like, that was my 18th birthday present to myself like I just always wanted to keep like we were saying before Peter Pan inside of me and like always remember to stay in touch with my child side so I was like 18 years old okay you're an adult I'm gonna stay a kid at least a little bit forever yeah <clears throat> so that's yeah. my favorite tattoo no yeah Meg made the comparison when we were watching it this time I and we both agreed on this we had never questioned why they were dressed up as animals like it just yeah. wasn't even we just accepted just it. Yeah. Um, but Meg was like, I, I wonder, haven't either. I wonder if they do that to like blend in more to the and woods. hide more from Hook. It's like camouflage. Yeah. Because yeah. Re- I mean, Neverland, as cool as Neverland is, it really is dangerous. So Especially with Tinkerbell around. Whew. Honestly, I mean she's making people fly into rocks and stuff to die. So you have to be careful because if you get on Tinkerbell's bad side, you could die somehow. And she'll watch. Yeah. That is kind of a like a flaw in the movie though, because don't you need a happy thought to fly and they just like blow up, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> comedy, like you said, comedy yeah. relief. And I, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'd never thought that maybe they did that to camouflage themselves in the woods a little bit. It's not like a super deep thought at all or anything. It's just something that I noticed because I'd never questioned why they wore the, wore what they wore. I was just like, oh, okay, he's a skunk. He's a bear. He's a fox. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, think... I love the Lost Boys. Sorry. Go ahead, Rory. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think that I always assumed when I was watching it as a kid that just whenever, like, Peter Pan went looking for his new, like, lost boy, that they had to be wearing animal pajamas at the time, like, that that was, like, his requirement. Um, I don't know why I thought that, but... Maybe <laughs> I that is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so. I thought some of it, now I'm thinking, like, maybe some of its functionality, like, you know, that is, like, yeah, what was available on Neverland. Like, you know, Peter Pan leaves for his you know, costume or whatever you want to call it, outfit. And then there's the animals. So, like, they just use what was around them. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not like they could go to Target and get an outfit. <laughs> okay, my Neverland would have a Target. Just saying. My Neverland would also have a Target. Uh, with the Starbucks inside. Yeah. Yes. Starbucks. <laughs> and then it would be perfect. I would never come, come back. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a name for Starbucks for Neverland. Second Starbucks. Oh my god. (laughs) Nailed it. Second start of the right bucks. (laughs) Yes. I'm applauding you right now. Alright, so I thought that we could just combine Captain Hook and Mr. Smee because they're almost always seen together. Um, So... And then I also am just going to throw in TikTok here, too. Just kind of like the three of them. Oh, TikTok. <laughs> uh, first of all, I love TikTok. I think he's hilarious. It's just like... <laughs> he's like the he Lucifer is, of this film. He is the Lucifer of Peter Pan. Oh, and I love yes. it. His little facial expressions. His licking his chops. Like, he can't wait for Hook to fall into the water. It just... <laughs> it slays me. I love him so much. <laughs> I like um, his rhythm. Yeah, he's got he's got a groove. <laughs> he's always got that 
clock ticking with him. Um, <laughs> How does he sleep? I don't know. He probably doesn't even hear it anymore. True. It's yes. his white noise. Yeah. <laughs> so, in response to TikTok, I think it's a big metaphor for Captain Hook and goes along with the movie as well for, you know, don't grow up because time does chase Ooh. after you. And, <laughs> and TikTok is chasing after Captain Hook. Are you okay, Katie? I Am I blowing your mind? All the... <laughs> You're just exploding my mind. This is amazing. This well, episode Peter coming calm. after the emotional day that I have had <laughs> is just like too much for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I like to think that I dive deep into these films sometimes, but I really I don't compared to this. This is amazing. This is so good. Like this is what I want every episode to be. Yeah. Well, have me on every episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I am a Disney princess of Main Street USA. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay. That's but, epic. Um, that's epic. Yes. But yeah, no. So he's chasing after time, just like, you know, pretty much all the characters are. And not wanting to get old. And, you know, literally, if he doesn't win out, he will die because TikTok will eat him. And he likes the taste of Captain Hook. Because that's. You know, if you don't know, he got a taste of him with his arm. That's why he's calling mm-hmm. him. So, right. Um, and the ri- lips for the rest of him. And then another <laughs> side note, I really love the end of the Peter Pan ride at um, yes. Disney. Because the, it ends with TikTok um, kind of with Captain Hook's leg suspended with TikTok's mouth. So, like, he's, like, doing a split. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It always made me cry. As Help a kid. me, this is me. Help me. Yeah. A hundred times. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> I forget to on that ride. <laughs> uh, I'm coming, then- Captain. <laughs> yeah. And then Smee is just Smee, you know, classic sidekick. Yeah, he's just oh, the, like, the dictionary sidekick. He he plays his role well. He's like the LeFou to go He stop. is, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. You, can, yeah, you can compare a lot of these characters. Like, because Hook is is kind of, I don't know, I guess maybe I don't want to say Gaston. I, but... I thought of Gaston just because he's dressed very similar, actually. He, yeah. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> he is, he is, True. yeah. But, yeah, Smee is just typical sidekick. I love how he adds some goofiness to the film in times when it might not be like whenever tiger lily is um whenever tiger lily is in the cave and peter's playing around with smee telling him that oh yeah (laughs) telling him to let her go and then captain hook is like what are you doing and that part is just you know silly go ahead Allie. I just had a thought, like, I'm going to blow your mind Here again. Here we go. Here so we just go. just get ready. <laughs> I think why Hook and Peter Pan have such a conflict is because Hook is jealous of Peter because he will live forever. And, like, he hears Hook chase, being chased by time. So it's just, like, another wow. But anyway, there you go. I'm actually yeah. going to add to that, too, um, Allie, because okay. with um, – one thing that's interesting, especially when you draw Smee in, into the mixture, is that here on this island, you know, you have the pirates are the adults, the um, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys are the kids. But you've got Peter, who's a kid, but he's independent. He leads his own group. And then you have Hook, and 
Smee has to sort of like father him around, you know, he has to take care of him. He has to like mm. calm him down. You know, it's like, it's hook is like a child having a temper tantrum and Peter yeah. is off living his best life. So yeah. you sort True. of have, you have like, these two like conflicting <laughs> children essentially. Yeah. Um, well, and, I think, I mean, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, please go. I just think hook is like the imagery of like what happens when you grow up, but you don't really grow up. For yes. like what those those children adults that we all know in our lives mm-hmm. that just <laughs> never really fully adult, and they just do temper tantrums like you were saying, Rory, and yeah. they do not, they just don't grow up, and it's not good because that's yeah. not good either for you. So you have to adult up, but you have to keep the Peter Pan side of you. There's it's all a balance, like I said before. So is Hook almost the cautionary tale of like you you could you could opt not to grow up, but then you'll become like him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. He's the uh, he's the what if I do this, this is what you turn yeah. into. Right. Hashtag adult up. Adult <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. All right. This is the fun part of the podcast. Wait. What? We didn't sort anybody. Oh, shoot. You're right. We were supposed to do that. Peter Pan, uh, what house do you think Peter's in? Griffin. Oh. I would, I would call him a Slytherin. Ooh. I was going to say Slytherin, too. I, and it, I don't totally know if it's agree. the green in him, but he's so sly and cocky. Yeah. And, you know, attention. He's very cunning. He's, very he's like cunning. Tom Riddle cunning. Yeah, like, you're right. He's yeah. good with all the ladies. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ambitious with the women. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ambitious with his dreams. I and yeah. I'm so happy that I get a good Slytherin. <laughs> Finally. Aww, yay. Finally. Yay. I'm happy for you. I love it. I'm a little jealous though because I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> we get That's... a lot of good ones. How about Oof. Wendy, darling? Ooh, Hufflepuff. Yeah, I'm get. I'm gonna call she... her a Huffleclaw. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really? That's a good one. Cause she's kind of. She's very wise. She's for her wise age. for her age. Yeah. Fine. I just really. <laughs> hey, that's just my opinion. You can do you. <laughs> I just think she's accepting of all, and you know, loves that's everyone. True. You know, even though her parents were kind of mean to her, she still, like, sees the good side in them and returns. Just yeah. You know, where a smart person would have just stayed in Neverland, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John. He's like a Gryffindor. I, I would say Gryffindor, actually. Yeah. It might yeah. be because he looks like Harry Potter to me with his glasses. I, I don't, you know, it's such a mixture because he's like a Hermione Gryffindor like he's got mm. all the knowledge but he's also got like the bravery mm-hmm. yeah true so I guess it really would be up to what he values the most which we don't necessarily true. know so that's true we can mm. say Gryffindor Michael's a Hufflepuff Michael's yeah. a Hufflepuff because he's so little and I feel yeah. like we just don't know enough about him yet yeah he loves everybody yeah he's loyal just... He follows them to Neverland no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, get this over with and tell me what Tinkerbell is. Oh, she's a Slytherin. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. She's like the Pansy Parkinson to Peter Pan's Malfoy. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. I totally yeah. agree. She's I don't running know. After Griffin, him. 
<laughs> Gryffindor and Slytherin are very similar, and she's very brave and courageous. But, but she's she is very cunning. cunning. <laughs> like <laughs> real cunning. I'm just trying to help you out there. <laughs> and isn't isn't another word that is used for Slytherin is shrewd? Mm. And I, I think that that's tink. I dislike that for your house. But I that's also bubble puff in me. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, we do have a bad rap. Sometimes some bad <laughs> words come of that. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I do know a pretty cool Slytherin, though. And her name is Meg. So there. Aww. Pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, how about Hook? I don't know about him, honestly. Ooh. I kind of just want to go squib. Yeah, Hook would be like, a squib. Oh, he's like, like an adorable squib. Yeah, like because like Peter would be like I, the wizard, and Captain Hook would be jealous of that, and always chasing exactly. Magic. Yeah, oh. makes me like. I him do a kind bit more. of think he'd be a Hufflepuff though, if we really did have to do it, because yeah, he's I just see that too. He's just kind of dim, and I don't think any other house would want him, so we would just have to welcome him with open he- arms. He's loyal to his cause. True. True. But he's also not that brave. I mean, look at him with the TikTok. You know. Wait, since when are Hufflepuffs brave? Excuse me. (laughs) Who? I'm just kidding. kidding. Who volunteered first at the Battle of Hogwarts? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Joe said we all should want to be Hufflepuffs. You really it's want to a video. start this you do it. No, I don't want to you start You want to light this <laughs> fire yeah. in these badgers? I don't think so. Actually, <laughs> we outnumber them. Yeah. So this is exciting. I don't know. What are you, Rory? Sorry. I'm a griffin puff. Like, like I can't decide. Okay. <laughs> Join the yellow know. side. No, like, it's it's weird. I, I, like, I feel like a Neville Longbottom Gryffindor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, like... like 30% Slytherin, which I find really odd for Ooh. a but whatever. That's rare. A Slytherin puff. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's very rare. Yeah. But it kind of goes with me. I'm a little feisty, but it's I funny. have to say, anyway. though, Slytherpuff, I feel like that is Smee. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, totally. Which is kind of weird. I like Just as soon as we were I... saying it, I was like, hmm, that's Smee. Yes, because he's very loyal to Hook, but their adventures together are not always kind, like Hufflepuff (laughs) would be. Uh, They're a little cunning, so he's like Chamber of Secrets Ernie McMillan. (laughs) Yes, yeah, yes. Ernie McMillan is a Slitherpuff. Yeah. Yep. Or is he a Hufferin? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The Lost Boys, I think, is too hard to place. Yeah, I, I we don't, don't know enough about them. They're just a yeah. group. I love thing, them. So. Yeah, they're great, but I just don't know. All right. Well, yeah. we didn't forget about that. So now we're on to the fun part. Not that that wasn't fun. <laughs> but our, It was horrible. Our favorite, our favorite character and our favorite scene of the film. So, my favorite character is Peter. I don't know. I I don't, I can't, I don't think that I can really, like, go into 
super depth as to why I love him so much. But I just think, I think that what he portrays, I love a lot. You know, you always have to keep that kid in yourself. I mean, hence why we started this podcast, right? It's very relatable. I love, you know, yeah, I'm 28, but that doesn't mean that I can't love animated Disney films. And that doesn't mean that I can't love reading Harry Potter over and over again or I don't know, coloring. I mean, why can't I color just because I'm 28? You know, like that kind of stuff. I just... You color, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Get that Crayola. I'm 28, but I can love Winnie the Pooh. Like, you know, I, it's just... And, like, that's... Peter is one of the main reasons... His What he stands for is one of the main reasons why I absolutely adore Disney in general. Um, Preach. Like, that is Amen. just... I mean, his his personification of, like, what he is, I, I worded that wrong, he is the personification of, like, what Disney is about, really. That's kind of, like, what they've clung to Yes, Peter. Um, and the theme parks, you gotta, definitely. you know, that's really, because I don't know if we've told this story on the podcast, but the reason Walt Disney made the theme parks was because he was sitting at a park with his kids on a bench and he like couldn't get involved yeah. and he was like man we i should make a theme park that adults and kids alike should make and yeah. i just think you know peter pan is pretty much the embodiment of all of that as well and it doesn't surprise me that's like one of the first films walt wanted to make and i'm really glad he waited to make it so he could Great. do it justice yeah so I just think that Sorry. to me, like, no, it's fine. To me, like, yeah. Peter's character is just so much more than Peter's character, you know? So, and I think that, um, I think because of that, I've kind of discovered that he is one of my favorite characters, and I don't think I realized that until today, really. I mean, I, I love, <laughs> I love, there's lots of other Disney characters that I love for a lot of other reasons, but if you want to get to the root of Disney itself, like it's Peter. And yeah. that just makes me super happy. Yeah. Walt um, Disney is Peter Pan. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so to branch from that, my favorite scene. Now this is like, nobody is going to think that this is anybody's favorite scene, but it's just a nostalgia thing for me. <laughs> I love whenever the Lost Boys are singing, follow the leader. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I think so like the song started playing and I hadn't watched Peter Pan in a very long time it had been too long honestly um, and that song started playing and I guess I just forgot or didn't realize that that song was from Peter Pan because to me it was a song that I just grew up with and I listened to all the time and like I never even realized it was a Disney song and I, and then I told that to Katie and she's like I bet you it was in one of your sing along videos that you listened to as a kid and mm-hmm. I think that she's correct I'm like 99% sure that she's right I'm but 100% I just, Yeah I I mean I just remember anytime I was with my cousins or Anytime that I wasn't just, like, playing by myself, I loved singing that song. And, like, I loved reenacting that scene. <laughs> it was just, like, Aww. I don't know. It's just a nostalgia thing. Yeah, like, yeah. doing the little march. I loved it. Following the leader. The so, like, leader. that's my favorite scene just for nostalgia purposes. But I love it. 
and it brought back like really good memories seeing it again and hearing that song again so i like it yeah. um, i'm getting this <laughs> bringing back the memories anyway okay sorry rory Go ahead. oh no i was just gonna say i'm going to sneak in real here because i have two percent left on my battery oh yeah no so, go, yeah go ahead um so what i might do is when i when i finish this i'll probably just switch over to my um I'll put it on mute so I can hear you guys and let it charge up a bit before I add the mic back in. Okay. Okay. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Um, So my favorite character is Wendy, um, which kind of surprised me a little bit when I was watching it because I, like I, I'm a Peter Pan collector. Like I have all of the, um, like I have, I have a collection of Peter Pan pins and I have Peter Pan figurines, but, um, I think that in this particular movie, especially Wendy is more of my favorite just because I just, I really enjoy how she um, has that sort of internal battle. Yeah. So, you know, how she, um, you know, she, she wants to grow up, but she wants to, you know, she wants to still be, she wants to play. She wants, I, I think that as, and, you know, Megan, you were saying, you know, as a 28 year old, why can't you like Disney movies and why can't you read Harry Potter over again? Right. And I feel that as a 29 year old, um, <laughs> sometimes, especially being outside of Orlando now, I'm, I'm getting sort of that draw back of like, well, of course I can do this. And I, of course I can do these, you know, childish things more or less. But I also like I, I do want to sort of grow up a little bit, you know, and I, I want to be taken more seriously at work and not always known as like the Disney person per se, because that's not going to get me where I need to go in my career. So it's, it's interesting that I'm starting to relate more with Wendy as I'm getting older than yeah. Peter Pan. It makes me a little bit sad because I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm growing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think drawing back to and also similarly for nostalgia reasons I love when Wendy meets Peter and she just starts talking to him all like blah 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 blah. like oh and did you know about this and did you know about this and oh my gosh and I'm uh, you know and you know he just scratches his head and he's like girls talk too much (laughs) (laughs) and she's like yes girls talk too much what (laughs) Um, yeah Oh my gosh, that that's exactly how I am when I talk to a guy I like. Like I cannot <laughs> stop talking. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, okay, it's your turn. You say something. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me pause here. You can interject for a second. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I just love that scene. <laughs> I do too. Very good. Can I go next? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Um. So same. You know, actually, with this podcast happening today, I've really grown for an appreciation for Wendy, but, like, I can't leave Peter Pan behind. Peter Pan has always been my go-to. He's always been there for me, you know, to... I I would watch this movie, like, on repeat sometimes when I was a child because that's just how much it means to me. But anyway, but he, he, he... Like we said before, he embodies the wonder and magic of being a child and to keep that, you know, perspective with us always. <clears throat> and he's just a great guy. He's so fly always. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what he's my awesome. t-shirt says today. 
He loves adventure. He's so confident. He's just, you know, and I think I, I always just really appreciated him because he had red hair. And I, I think that just made it easy for me to gravitate towards because for someone with red hair, usually I'm the only redhead in the room, always. You know, I'm always look different than everyone. So to find someone that looked similar to me that shares the same values as me, like to have fun, you know, it's so much that, you know what, like even my job is like, I'm a modern day Peter Pan as a play therapist. I play every single day with my kids. I have markers all over my hands every single day. I play hide and seek. I get um, hit with Nerf guns. It's the best shot. (laughs) And then I get to be at Disney. Like I do four 10 hour days and then one day at Disney. So, and then I go to Disney and make candy and stitch hats on main street. So like I literally live the life and I feel so blessed. I have become Peter Pan as much as possible. So um, you've become Peter Pan while also being an adult. Right. Which is even cooler. I think Peter Pan would be proud. I think if, if Peter Pan, you know, did really marry, um, Wendy's granddaughter this is what he would have ended up to be like and you know to help other kids because he remembers what it's like to be a kid and you know in those times when you're like Wendy and you do discover the bad stuff of the world like who's there for you you know yeah. <clears throat> so, and that's Peter you know and it's really cool and then as far as my favorite scene I kind of have to pick one for nostalgia reasons as well because I it had probably been a good year or so since I've watched it and you know what usually when I put watch these movies I put them on as background music yeah so like you know I feel like there's going to be a lot of swish and flick flickers listening swish swishers (laughs) whatever you call them swishers um on here so like you know how we always we we use these kind of as comforts to you know help us through time so like a lot of times in my my master's degree I just put these on as background you know movies and Peter Pan is definitely one of my go-tos for obvious reasons I don't need to repeat myself now but um (laughs) you know um Peter Pan's the man and he's comfortable so back to my favorite scene was um are you there yes yeah Uh, okay sorry your video turned off so my favorite scene is the you can fly scene because, like I was saying before, I used to have, not even used to, I still have dreams of me flying around my bedroom in pajamas, you know, going to Neverland, like Peter Pan. And it's honestly one of, I think it's my first memory ever having was that dream. So it just means so much to me. And that scene is just the embodiment of my childhood and flying you know, if I could have one superpower, it would be to fly. No questions asked. <clears throat> and I love that song. It always makes, like, I when, when I was paying attention to it, you know, not just having it as background music the other day, I, I started tearing up because I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, it's just, it is that those voices, like I was saying before with the, you know, kind of like the the chorus all singing together. I just think it's so beautiful. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Okay. So I thought thought my favorite character was going to be Peter, but it's not. I'm going to have to go with Wendy because both of them embody 
that childlike thing you should never let go. However, Wendy knows how to balance between grown up and kid. While Pete is more stuck in the kid area, which isn't, you know, it's not a bad thing. But I value that Wendy can be a grown up kid. See what I did there? But truthfully. Oh, my heart. I like it. I like it. And there's other reasons. There's some things that Peter did that I don't like that I'll get to in my least favorite parts. Um, but favorite scene, I probably just have to go with, like, the, um, you can fly scene as well, because it's just, it's classic, and, like, that song is seen yeah. everywhere in Disney, yeah. and, like, it gives you all the feels. Mm-hmm. You do tear up. I tear up with that, just like I do with, um, <sighs> from Pinocchio. When oh, you wish upon a star. Yeah, when you wish upon a star, yeah. Something about stars. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. Like, those are probably, like, the top three that'll just hit me right yeah. in the heart. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Basic. Oh, Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next up is least favorite character in scene. So I'm going to go least favorite character. I think it's Tinkerbell. Oh. She yeah. just... She just... <laughs> like... I can appreciate her comic relief, but I just hate her, her attitude. It just yeah. gets it just gets to me. It wears me down. It it makes my positive feels turn negative, and I'm I'm not okay with that. Uh, least favorite scene. This is the this is the progressive Megan coming out. I hate <laughs> I hate the indigenous people scene it's just not good yeah it's very insensitive it's very insensitive the way that they're drawn the way that they talk they're 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 literally labeled the red man they're yes they're labeled the red man and they are they are um described as dumb yeah the 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 indian very cunning but not intelligent that was a quote from john and i was like whoa yeah whoa (laughs) Mm -hmm. so because of because of how i feel about that in general it made me it bummed me out that that was in there i just i mean Mm -hmm. i know that like you know i don't like to make excuses for it because i don't care what the time is like racism is racism uh so i was i was not okay with that scene but i do know that it is a pattern in early disney films so unfortunately they're there it exists we can't change it it exists we need we, can we learn we learned from the mistakes of doing it in the past and hopefully they will continue to do better in the future so mm-hmm. so I agree. That's that's my least favorite scene. Although for for me, a lot of it was I just remember as a kid always not paying attention at that scene. Like whenever yeah. it was my least favorite song, I didn't care. Like I wanted to get back to Peter Pan and Wendy. I hated that Peter was with Tiger Lily. Like <laughs> I was just I was not a fan of that entire scene. Although yeah. I will say, um, just noting on the fact that you had said that you know they called them dumb. Actually, part of part of that song with the the part where they say, "Why does he ask you how?" Um, it, it was to sort of go with the more inquisitive nature of um, the indigenous people, which was to 
you know, to always search for answers. So I'm not saying it's right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know what you mean. There was a reasoning behind it. They they did actually, you know, even, you know, they showed like the white man's perspective of like, well, you know, they're, they're not, they're not that smart. But then you have them like, you know, learn, you know, it's kind of like they have like the Neverland first Thanksgiving um, where they're yeah. like, <laughs> and they're learning about them. Um, and, you know, in a very racist way, they're learning about them. But, right. you know, at the same time, they are learning. Um, and two, Disney's not so credit. I don't know. Um, but the way that they're portrayed in this movie is very similar to how they're portrayed in both the play and the book. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So this wasn't Disney coming out and saying, oh, this is a great idea. Let's throw the Indians in. Right. It, you know, it was really it like was in the story. just taking the source material. Exactly. Um, and then you all know who my favorite, their least favorite character is. We don't have to go back to it. <laughs> so, um, I was thinking while you guys were talking and my least favorite character is actually Mr. Darling. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah, he would and definitely kind of going... be a very close second for me. I yeah. Think. And going back to what Katie said before, like, you know, Captain Hook is a warning for like what ha- happens when you grow up and you. Mentally, I think Mr. Darling is like that as well, Um, Mm -hmm. which kind of goes with my, you know, the fact about how like Mr. Darling and Hook are played by similar characters Mm. um, or by same people in the the musical or the say version. Um, So, yeah, I just, you know, I don't like character. I don't like, you know, it's like his highway. You know, it's, you know, think of what other people are thinking and, you know, put yourself in their shoes and their actions and be more. Straights me. So, and then my least favorite scene, uh, I hate to repeat, but the Indian scene is pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. The progressive girl in me is just, and I mean, really, I mean, the rest of the movie is pretty much perfection. It's the best movie ever. So, yeah. Katie? Um, I can't really pick a least favorite character. I don't know. I don't know who I would pick. You don't like, you, you don't not like Mr. Darling. But like, he comes around in the end. So like, he redeems himself. And like, I can't pick Hook or Smee because like, Smee is super comical, and so is Hook. He's like Hook a comical is, baddie. Hook is comical. Like, he's one of those villains that I almost feel are okay to like. Like, there's some villains where I seriously question people's character as to why they like that villain. <laughs> but Hook isn't necessarily one of those people. Right. He's just jealous, and his villainous side is more real than other villains, if you think about it. Like... You know, some of the villains are just pure evil, whereas Hook is literally, I mean, he he's jealous. And that's really where it stems from. And that's where, I mean, a lot of people have that issue, right? Yeah. A lot of people feel jealousy. A lot of people act on jealousy. So it's not as terrible of a villainous side as other villains in Disney films. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe 
See, I like the Lost Boys, but they're kind of annoying to me at the same time. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't really have, like, one that sticks out. Um, That's but, okay. But least favorite yeah. scene, I have two. Okay. Ooh. The, the first is when Hook shoots one of his crew members oh for playing an accordion. Oh. I forgot uh, about that. That's bad. Yeah. All he had to do was, hey, stop that. It's annoying me. <laughs> no, just pulls out his gun and shoots him. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then... That's how we deal with our problems, folks. <laughs> Apparently. Not. And then I think... Not. I think Rory might have said this was one of her favorite scenes, but it's actually my least favorite, is when Peter is trying to catch his shadow in the darling kid's bedroom, or nursery. Because I don't like when he says girls talk too much. Because he cuts Wendy mm. off, and immediately yeah. Wendy just shuts down. So that's the progressive girl of me saying... Uh, that's not really a good light on women. Yeah. To be fair, she was talking a lot. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she was. She was. However, I mean, she was just she was... like one thing after another after another. <laughs> she was just so discouraged and she was just so excited to see Peter and that was her hero. Well, I have and... to say though, Peter, like, okay, so yeah, he's my favorite character, but I will say Peter has this very insensitive side to him where he's oh, just yeah. like, you know, the world totally. revolves around Peter, right? So that's just him. Not that that's I will an not excuse. take excuses. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I okay, so our next question is always what we took away from the film, but I feel like I touched on that a lot with my favorite character. Like I took what I took away. So I don't know if we if we want to briefly talk about this, that's fine. But um, what I took away from it is just that like this film is the embodiment of the Disney franchise to me, and um, I don't think that I came to that conclusion really until today while I was watching it before we recorded this episode. So I love that. So, what I took away, which, once again, kind of surprised me, um, having thought that this was one of my favorite Disney movies, um, it had been a while since I had watched it, so when I was watching it, I realized that some of my favorite parts of the Peter Pan franchise were not in it. (laughs) Um, The whole thimble versus acorn for a kiss. Yeah. That's not in the cartoon version. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I could have sworn that Tink, tink uh, swallowed poison, but no, it was a birthday cake that was a bomb. Um, so, yeah. I think that for me, I, 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 my, my biggest takeaway from this film was that I really, I really adore J.M. Barry's version of Peter Pan, and I love the play. And we already kind of talked about how, you know, as as an angsty teenager, I love the Jeremy Sumter version. Um, as a smaller child, I really love the Mary Martin play. And then as I've grown up and you know been more into adulthood, um, I love the both the movie and the play Finding Neverland, which also yes. go very much into. Oh. Oh, I, I know. Talk about that. I know. <laughs> that would be a whole other podcast. I'm not even gonna. Oh, I um, love that movie. 
so I think what I took from this whole thing and from the podcast and my, my biggest apologies to everyone who wanted to be on this podcast was that this is probably my least favorite Peter Pan version <laughs> of all of my um, And I really didn't expect that. I, th- I think that I just like always looked at Disney's Peter Pan as like the embodiment of all the other Peter Pans yeah. that I loved. And then when I watched it, I, I, I have to say I was, I was slightly disappointed and I feel so bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if you think about it though, that just proves how much of a I think that that just like proves the whole cult classic thing of this film. I think that it's yeah. beyond just the Disney version of it. Peter Pan in general is a cult classic and that means that there are so many versions of it that so many people love for different reasons. It's kind of just culminated into one story like people have picked their favorite parts from each version and like put it into one story for themselves (laughs) you know and and I think that that's okay I mean yeah I I know that the Jeremy Sumter version is not affiliated with Disney at all to my knowledge I don't don't it's universal actually yeah that's what I thought that's what I thought So, because, I mean, I remembered loving that version, and that version does have the thimble and the acorn in it. Mm -hmm. So, I also always associated that the thimble and acorn thing was a was a disney specific thing and it's it's not so it's not interesting (laughs) yeah it's cool good stuff good stuff um i'm brain farting what was the question again what'd you take away (laughs) oh okay (laughs) it's getting late my brain's dying but um this is gonna be a little personal for me and um that's okay. My, I've been in, you know, as a therapist, it's really important for us to do therapy ourselves and, um, you know, really analyzing this movie kind of just brought back some stuff from my childhood and, you know, to just, you know, analyze how far I've come, especially like in terms of Wendy and, you know, how much, you know, she's kind of like this big role model for me now. Like, you know, it's just, because I was really stuck in my childhood for a very, very long time. And it wasn't healthy. And I was headed down a Mr. Darling path, even though he's like my least favorite character. But it's just funny how, like, when we're kids, we can hate, you know, or dislike something so much done a certain way. But since we don't do our own work and our own counseling and work on the stuff that happened to us, we can just repeat the same patterns. And, you know, analyzing all of this today has just made me feel really great about, you know, how much work I've done and, you know, and that I can be a kid at the same time as being an adult. And it's okay. It, it's not just okay. It's awesome. And, you know, I love myself. And it's really, really cool to be at a place like that now. So, you know, go go to counseling if you need it. That's my my other plug. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> Ellie, that was lovely. It was. Well, thank you. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's important. It's a good message. I don't think it's very important. People do it enough. You know, we we get stuck in our past. We get stuck in our childhood, and that's not an excuse. If you if you say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's bad to be a victim, you know, it's not fun, but it's your time now, you're 18, you're older, it's time to grow up, take responsibility for yourself, do your work, and be a survivor, most importantly, and, you know, and not even just survive, thrive, 
and use your story to help others as well. You know, that's why I love working with kids, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Here you go. I can't follow that up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it was beautiful. Um, So, yeah, just taking away the general message of, you know, being a grown-up kid. Like, this is exactly what I'm doing with Meg with this podcast. It speaks directly to that to me. You know, that like Allie said, there's a time to be an adult. There's a time to be a kid. And finding that perfect mix is, I think, the key to happiness. Um, find the Wendy to your Peter. There you go. Yes. There you oh go. my god. I want that t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my boyfriend would wear that though. <laughs> I'm gonna make him. Okay, it's fine. That's awesome. <laughs> what if it's like find your thimble or something yeah. like that? Would you wear I that? I like Wendy to Peter though. Yeah. I am and he's Wendy, so. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> um, okay. And then finally, I will say that uh, my friends are awesome and go super in depth and think about this stuff exactly the way I want to be thinking about this stuff and just expanding it to more than just, you know, an, an animated film. It's There's layers and it gets deep and I love that. This is also a reason why I love Disney animated films, because they are not just cartoons. Not just kids' movies. I hate when people use that word to describe Disney animated films, because a cartoon downplays it. It, like, almost dumbs it down, and I'm not okay with that. Well, to be fair, that is the child side of it, but there's also an adult side of it, too, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why Disney makes the movies he does to speak to both sides of our our lives, you know, to that adult side. You know, like I watched Toy Story and got so much more out of it as an adult than I did as a child. But it was still one of my favorite as a ch- child. And same for, I guess I should say I'm Peter Pan. Peter Pan, obviously, I didn't get all this stuff <laughs> when I was a little girl you know I just wanted to like Follow be in hair. brother's Halloween <laughs> costume for Peter Pan and fly around my room you know and <laughs> you know and it's just ugh yes yeah so yep. yeah I love it oh it is a cartoon but not just the cartoon it's it's an adult it's got an adult message to everything you know so. I mean, Ali, even as you were saying earlier, too, with, you know, how Walt, like, built the park, like, so that adults and children can experience it together. I mean, that was the same basis behind his movies, too. Some things that adults and children can experience together and both get something out of. It still is. Like, Incredibles yeah. 2. Oh hilarious. <laughs> Me and my nephew enjoyed it both together. We both walked out of the theater and both loved the same scene with the uh, raccoon. Well, like, yes. oh, <laughs> the raccoon stole the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, ugh, like we both enjoyed it. And we have a 20 year age difference. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. So, always bringing it know. together. Mm hmm. Ugh. Are we done? Because I'm sad. No, not <laughs> yet. We're going to do our Disney okay. memory. Yes. Ooh. What's that? Elaborate. <laughs> so we have someone submit a Disney memory, and then we oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. read it on okay. the podcast. Yes. So, so... I thought you were going to say us do a Disney memory. Oh, no. I already did that. Okay. Go. Okay. I'm excited. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so this one comes from... Kira? Kira 
to pool? I think so. Okay. Uh, my favorite Disney memory is from when I was about five years old. My parents took me to Disney World for the first time during the 25th anniversary. I remember the oh, castle, pink castle looked like a giant pink cake. <laughs> I remember oh, Peter oh, oh, oh. Pan calling <laughs> me Pippi Longstocking as he held up both of my braids. Yes. But my favorite memory from that trip was me hiding behind my dad because I was terrified of Jafar who was coming up to say hi. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> Jafar realizing I was scared turned to Tigger in attempts to break the ice. What oh, the, an interesting the, the, combination. The good old days <sighs> of character meet and greets. <laughs> yes. Next thing I know, Tigger has me nudged over and is now trying to hide behind my dad instead. <laughs> I turned to Tigger and told him that he was okay now and that my daddy would protect him too. Tigger then proceeded to chase Jafar in circles around my dad until he defeated him. It was, <laughs> it was truly a special moment for me and one I will always treasure. I hold on to the moment even more in the years since my father's passing. He was the one that introduced me to the Aww. wonderful world of fandoms. He gave me my first Harry Potter book and always encouraged me, encouraged my love of all things nerdy and geeky. Thank you guys for this podcast as well as Swish and Flick. Harry Potter is my number one fandom, but Disney is right behind it. You have brought together a ton of amazing and supportive people that would have otherwise not met. These two groups have brought a ton of positive posts back to my Facebook. Keep up the great podcast and continue to share your light even in the darkest of times. P.S. Attaches a pigger, a, pigger, a picture <laughs> taken with Tigger right after Jafar's defeat, and it's adorable. Oh, I like Tigger better. Pigger. I, I bet it's the best Tigger ever. Tigger. <laughs> also, her name is something. Kira Helmerick. Ooh. It was different. That must be, I don't know, it was like with her email, but it's Kira I'm Hel sorry. Helmerick. So thank you so much for submitting your memory, and thank you for listening to both Grown Up Kids and Swish and Flick. We really appreciate it. Your dad seems like a really cool guy, so. He does. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad that you honor his memory holding this so close to you. Yeah. Yes. And. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. In response to her memory, she had helped me re remember something when i was i think it was five when the birthday cake castle was out for the 25th <laughs> anniversary i think that was what it was for for forgiving yeah me. yeah yeah it um, was um, remember i went to disney when that happened um because i'm a florida girl i've always born and raised here and um we are annual pass holders and we went and um my mom told me they decorated the castle for me because it was my birthday <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember going back a few years later and I'm like, mom, what did they do with the birthday castle? Like, it's my birthday again. They didn't do it. Like I was like, <laughs> and I was so pissed off. And my mom was like, no, honey, that's not, that's not how it works. You're, <laughs> and I'm like, you're old enough now to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. It's just, and that's my first Disney park memory is that castle being a birthday cake. That's and amazing. I thought it was birthday. I love yeah. that. That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I also had the privilege of seeing the birthday cake. Yes. Yeah, I've seen pictures. It That's was it. Cool. Oh, that cake. <laughs> I would like a real life cake that size for yeah, me. Yeah, honestly. Oh, Katie, did yes. you know they redecorated the castle for when Stitch came out? Oh, that was oh. weird. Yeah, Stitch teepeed the castle and oh wrote, God. like, Stitch was here on the side. 
And then the only other time they've messed up the castle, and I say messed up, I mean, like, did it, was the happiest celebration on Earth. They put gold stuff, like, yeah. all over it with, like, different golden characters all over the place. Um, and that's but now when they, they have the stained glass window, right? Like, with the different yeah. parks, yeah. Yes, yes. They don't do that anymore, though, because people complain about, like, it ruining their pictures. Oh because they says the crane. True. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> The crane. Oh, I love the crane. Shout out to the Main Street crane or the Cinderella <laughs> Castle crane. <laughs> yes. Oh um, now, Megan, Katie, yes. I have to do this for all of your listeners who have been waiting with bated breath to find out what happened last night. Um, <laughs> wait until the end of the episode. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was just about to say I have a memory I want to share. Wait, yeah. If you'd yeah. like to share your Disney memory with oh, us, oh yes. And you know what? It's similar to when Peter or or Wendy met Peter. <laughs> she reacted. <laughs> oh, true. So it goes with the with the movie. But anyway, go on. Okay, so I'm cutting Katie off. She's gonna do it's her okay. spiel it's after okay. mine. So um, I have a special memory to share. That what, what is that? So it happened last night. What happened? Last night, <laughs> Katie and me, myself. I'm talking in third person. Uh, Katie and Megan. Katie and Megan went to the Taylor Swift concert at Cleveland's First Energy Stadium, where the Browns play. This was the best thing to ever come to First Energy Stadium. Yes, better than the football team. Uh, um, <laughs> everything's better than the football team. But what's even better is that Megan and Katie got to meet Taylor Swift. Which, let me put it into perspective for you. They pick about 30 people, and there was about 70,000 70, people. So we feel pretty lucky. I feel very privileged Ugh. to say that I met Taylor Swift last night, and it wow. was the most magical night ever so far. It's definitely in my top two memories, my number one memory being my wedding day, and number two <laughs> being meeting Taylor Swift. I'm going to say I the same. I don't know if anybody knows this about me. I know that the people who listen to Swish and Flick know this about me, but I am obsessed with Taylor. So, um, <laughs> this was like a pretty big deal, guys. I cried. I cried. I almost threw up from nerves. Um, but I met her. We got an awesome picture together and it is going to be one of the highlights of forever. So those that was the news. I'm really glad that you guys waited through the whole episode to hear that. I know that you were dying to know what it was. Well, just know it was one of the best days of our lives. Honestly. It was. Like, I said, no jokes. It was. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I thought you said it was equal, Megan, to you on your wedding day. It's pretty equal, me. yeah. Well, see, she's saying that to you, but now I'm sitting in front of her, and she's like, meh. It, yeah. As long was, as I'm up any, there in the number one slot, I'll share. But as long as yeah. I'm in that one. Yeah, I mean, I was in the wedding, so, like, obviously right. that should be number one. But, you know. Obviously. But, <clears throat> anybody that knows Megan, like, knows that's a huge deal. Like, I, I saw the picture and I was like, oh, my God, she's going to be losing all of her mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was pretty intense um, and amazing. So, yeah. So, on that note, if you guys want to share your favorite Disney memory with us, go ahead, Katie, finish. 
She's trying to steal my thunder again, man. It's in blue. I apologize. (laughs) Please email us at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It can be anything Disney related. Or Taylor Swift related. Or Taylor Swift. We'll take those two. Um, But send it our way and we'll be sure to feature it on a future episode. Please send them because I'm like, like I have, we have some lined up. But I don't want to run out because I love reading them. I know. So send even if you send us one, send, send us more. Another. Send more. Yeah. Or therapy related. Like if you're interested in knowing what play therapy is or counseling. Yeah, and we'll forward it I to hope. Allie. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so we want to give a huge shout out to Allie and Rory. Rory's <laughs> phone died on us, so she's not here to say thank Aww. you or you're welcome. But I know that she's feeling it, so it's okay. But thank you, Allie, for joining us. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this so much. I'm really, really glad I got to be here. I feel honored. And you guys... I, yeah. You, <laughs> just no, my... I was just going to say, you guys both brought something really special to this episode. And yes. I'm really glad that the people who were on this episode were on it. Um, Yay. And Sorry it was really great. Sorry get it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys were amazing. So. Yeah, finally, all my Peter Pan knowledge went to good use. Yeah, <laughs> it needed a purpose. So, thank one you. day, all my Pokemon knowledge will will come to use. Uh, Sarah should let you on her uh, box trick. They're not Sarah. Tiffany. I'm sorry, Tiffany. Jeez. Yeah, no, they've Real. talked about it. I don't. I get scared. Why? Is You're on her knowledge as high already. as theirs. I don't know. Oh, See, in I've Prime not Day, to... yes, it's just been a long time. I'd be okay. a little rusty. Yeah. So, what are you doing? You do it, girlfriend. Oh, thank you. Mm. You're welcome. Hey, oh, Rory's, Rory's back. back. Oh, hey, Rory. <laughs> hey, guys. We just got done <laughs> thanking you. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I well, I said that your phone had died, but I know that you're saying thank you and you're yeah. welcome. But th- thank you, since you can say it for yourself, thank you, Rory, for joining. I was telling Allie that I'm really glad that the people that were on this episode were on it because you guys both brought something special to it, and I we both really appreciate it. Oh, yay, I'm so happy on this with Allie because I know she's such a Harry Potter that. I mean, Harry Potter too, but I am <laughs> Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter it is Pan a blast. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to do Inside Out and like use even more of my knowledge because there's like so much counseling stuff in that movie. It's surreal, but anyway, well, Inside Out I is going to be in like, that one. probably five years, but I can't That's wait to see it either. I should, I should be fine in five years. I'll be like. <laughs> 33 oh my god no 32 jeez i hope i have a kid by then we'll see (laughs) even more insight (laughs) yes yes okay anyway um all right thank you no thank you this was a long one and uh, i really liked it (laughs) this this was a long one and we're really glad for anybody who stuck with us through the end but i think that it was a really great episode with a lot of good information i think anyone who listened is going to walk away with a lot of new insight i agree yeah it's worth every second yes the listen oh yeah yes Mm -hmm. all right so before anyone else's phones die (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Grown up kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe on your 
favorite platform or all of them because you love us yeah so that you can get our latest episode as soon as it's available you can also find us on social media to join in on the conversation for each episode. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids at Disney Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod to gain access to our bonus episodes, extra magic hours. Make sure to listen in as we follow along the direct to video films and sequels. Um, that is where all of those episodes are going to be posted. So, uh, if you, gosh, guys, I always mess this up every week, and I'm sorry. It just like it just <laughs> happens. So, um, also to tie into Facebook, we have a discussion group there that you can join, and I have posted a document of our comprehensive list of movies there that we'll be watching, along with availability to be on the show with us. So, if you're interested in joining us for an episode, just like Rory and Allie did today. Make sure that you head on over to our Facebook discussion group to look at the list, and then you can comment on that post, email, or message us with what movies you're interested in joining us on. And we swear you don't have to have worked with us in the past to be a guest on the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and if you, I am, you know, it is a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, if you don't have access to Facebook, feel free to just reach out to us via email and I can let you know availability if you want to join us on an episode. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Make sure to watch The Sword and the Rose ahead of next week's episode. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.